Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's College Football with Sam, and today is the day where I analyze, review, and break down your bold predictions that you commented in part one of my bold predictions video series. Thank you all for being engaged with this series, and I'm very amped and pumped to begin talking about your bold predictions and giving my thoughts on them. So without further ado, let's do exactly that. Brett K. did as I asked, and he commented three bold predictions in the comment section of the video that I formerly mentioned. And here were the following predictions that he made. Drew Aller lives up to the hype and is a Heisman finalist, that's one. Penn State goes undefeated and makes the college football playoffs, that's two. And the playoffs are Georgia versus Penn State in one semifinal, and Texas versus USC in another, with the championship game being Georgia versus Texas, and Georgia, of course, wins that game and three-peats. I'm going to touch on all three, but I'm mainly going to focus on the ones that are Penn State-specific. Is that simpler? And I think that's going to be the ones that Brett wants me to answer to the most. As Penn State is his team, he's been a loyal subscriber, commented, engaged, probably watched every one of my videos since I don't know when. Very thankful for his support and his engagement. It's awesome talking with him down in the comments section. So, Penn State making the college football playoff. Bold prediction, yes. Hot take, no. So I would say there's three tiers to bold predictions, or what people would say are bold predictions. There's a cold take, which isn't a bold prediction at all. Like, you might think it is in your own mind, but it isn't. I think Wisconsin being a top 15 team would be something that a lot of people say is a bold prediction, but because a lot of people are saying it is, it's no longer a bold prediction, for example. Penn State making the college football playoff is in that sweet middle ground. Because in my mind, from my perspective, Wisconsin is going to be a top 15 team. And plenty of people are agreeing with me in that sense. Plenty of people at least are saying Wisconsin's going to be near top 25. So Wisconsin should improve compared to last year. It's harder to make the playoff than it is to be a top 15 team, which increases the boldness on this prediction. And Penn State, in my mind is closer to Wisconsin than they are to Michigan or Ohio State. My own opinion reflects that, and my power rankings value that. And they agree with that as well. My power rankings value trench play, and Penn State is lacking in trench play compared to Michigan and Ohio State, especially in the interior. Penn State matches up well with Ohio State in the exterior, but in the interior there's a major mismatch, and for Michigan, the mismatch is basically everywhere on the lines of scrimmage, which makes this difficult, but it's doable because Penn State won't have to go 12-0 to reach the college football playoff. If they just knock off one of Ohio State or Michigan, I think there will be, yet again, enough chaos happening in college football to where they could definitely sneak in. And if Drew Aller does live up to the hype and is a Heisman finalist and that prediction pairs with Penn State making the college football playoff, well, they could win a playoff game. Or, I've said this before, I think they have the talent to win it all. Going undefeated, that part of this prediction, which it isn't written right here, it isn't on the screen, but he mentioned that in his comment, that part I think is a, what I would call a hot take. I think that is closer to impossible 
than impossible. I just think Michigan, Penn State's not built to even compete with Michigan, at least this year. They're built to compete with and beat Ohio State, but the game's in Columbus, and I trust Ryan Day and that staff and the roster a lot more than I do Penn State's, so I see a hard time buying that. Drew Aller, finishing as a Heisman finalist, that would probably be the hottest of a hot take in this prediction. I don't think that's going to happen, even if Drew Aller is the best quarterback in the Big Ten. And that's because the Heisman Trophy isn't just a quarterback award. We get that. But it's also your team doing exceptionally well. It's media coverage. It's big brands. More importantly, it's eye-popping stats. There are some Michigan fans, for example, saying that J.J. McCarthy will either win the Heisman Trophy or reach the ceremony. For Ohio State fans saying the same thing about McCord or Devin Brown, they run the offense Ohio State does necessary to put a quarterback in New York. They're going to have over 4,000 passing yards a year, probably, if you're an Ohio State quarterback, or around that mark, and they have elite wide receivers. Michigan, for example, doesn't have elite wide receivers. They have good or great wide receivers, but they also like to run the football a whole lot. The only way J.J. McCarthy's getting in is... If his team goes 13-0, they look very dominant, and he's passing for like 250 yards per game around that mark, which still, that's pushing it. I don't think McCarthy is touching the Heisman ceremony, even though I think he'll be a top-10 quarterback. For Aller, I think it's similar. Penn State likes to run the football. In this, Penn State and Michigan are similar. They like to run the football. They like to be physical. And their running back rooms are amazing. And unlike Ohio State's, even though I think when healthy, the Buckeyes have the same level of running back room potentially that Michigan has and Penn State has, they have injury concerns. Penn State, their running back stayed healthy all year long, and they had Trey Potts from the portal, so they have depth there. Penn State is going to run the football, and Nicholas Singleton will have a 1,000 yards or more again. Catron Allen will have a career high in rushing yards with over a 1,000 rushing yards. So I don't think he'll have the statistics to reach New York. Even if he's playing at that elite level, running the football well, has a, a passer rating of over 160 and a QBR in the upper 80s, he still won't reach New York. But Penn State making the college football playoff, I'm telling you, I'm not predicting it. I don't think this team can go 12-0, but they can go 11-1. Beaver Stadium, anything can happen there, and they host Michigan in that game. And that Ohio State game, the more I think about it, they do have some matchup advantages there to exploit. So great predictions, great bold, very bold predictions by Brett Kay, especially the playoffs where he has Georgia and Penn State facing off, which would be a very entertaining game, and Texas versus USC rematch of one of the greatest BCS national championship games of all time. Enjoyed the predictions, Brett. Thank you very much. Up next, from T-L-A-O-T-O-N-I, Telatoni. Maybe that's how you pronounce it. I apologize if I mispronounce that. The Iowa Hawkeyes will win a New Year's Six bowl game. Just a moment of silence there. A moment of silence for Iowa fans. Because for Iowa football, if this happens, either something really good happened or everything worked in Iowa's favor and therefore Brian Ferentz 
might be put in that head coach search when his father, Kirk Ferentz, retires, which would just make Iowa fans pull their hair out, understandably so. This is, I would say, hot take level, I would say. Penn State has a better chance of making the playoffs than Iowa has at winning a New Year's Six Bowl game. And that's because there has to be a certain kind of team that reaches the New Year's Six Bowl and that will be strangely matched up with Iowa. See, so many things have to happen for this, in my mind, to be a possibility. So many things. We didn't touch much on Penn State's schedule, but that's because most of us here are in agreement that Penn State is going 9-3 and three at worst, maybe 8-4, and four, but I, I'd say 9-3. and three. More likely than not, they're going 10-2 and two by a wide margin, maybe 11-1 and one as well. Like, we're in agreement of that. Illinois, Iowa could be trap games, but I doubt Iowa will be. That's the whiteout. They'll be focused on that game, which, unfortunately for this current prediction, means you're already starting out probably with a loss, which with a weak schedule hurts Iowa's chances of even reaching a New Year's Six Bowl game. And for Penn State, going back to them briefly, there's Ohio State and there's Michigan. There's probably eight eight built-in wins, I'd say eight or seven built-in wins, and three games that Penn State will definitely be favored in, despite the fact they have a chance to lose. Overall, Penn State will be favored in 10 games, maybe more, depending on what the odds market in Vegas says. But anyway, to get back on topic, Iowa's schedule, they open up with three non-conference games against Utah State, rivalry game at Iowa State, and Western Michigan. Then they play on the road at Penn State, host Michigan State, host Purdue, play at Wisconsin, host Minnesota, play at Northwestern, host Rutgers, host Illinois, play at Nebraska. Now, maybe Illinois and Nebraska are good. I think Minnesota will be ranked. They'll be a great team. Michigan State, I think people will disagree with me on this all day. They have that potential to be near top 25 or top 25. That Washington game will determine a lot. Iowa doesn't look to have a game unless they play on the road and beat Wisconsin or Penn State. There's not too many games where they can bounce back and dramatically rise throughout the polls. So Iowa is going to have to play very mistake-free football if they even want to reach a New Year's Six Bowl. They're going to have to play mistake-free football. They can probably afford losing to Penn State or maybe at Wisconsin. The, the worst you can do is 10-2. and two. And with the week schedule, it'll probably have to be 11-1. and one. And I have a hard time seeing an 11-1 Iowa team not get to Indy and not get blown out by a Big Ten East team and be 11-2. And, and even that might kick them out of the New Year's Six Bowl conversation. So a lot has to go in Iowa's favor. Back when, in the 2000s, Iowa reached a couple New Year's Six Bowl games or upper-level non-New Year's Six Bowl games, and they would go 10-2 and two or 11-1. and one. In 2015, their last New Year's Six Bowl, they had to go... 12-0 and in the regular season and lose a close game in Indianapolis to Michigan State. So Iowa would have to beat one of Wisconsin or Penn State, definitely, and that would likely mean they reach Indy and probably get dominated by Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State, too, because let's be honest, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State have that higher ceiling. They're going to get better as the year goes on and on and on. So there's just so much that Iowa has to do. So I'm listing this as a hot take. Look, they return Mason Richmond. They, you know, got Russ, not, 
I think Rusty Feth is his name, and Dejon Parker through the portal on offensive line. Also, when it comes to their center, they do return Logan Jones. At tight end, they're going to have Eric All, Luke Lachey, Cade McNamara should be a good quarterback for them who won't turn over the football. Defensively, Joe Evans and Deontay Craig make up the best edge duo in the Big Ten, and Cooper DeGene comes back. So this team's good, but their staff, the fact that their offense won't be dynamic, and there are still areas where there is some concern, especially when it comes to blue-chip talent, I'd list this as a hot take, saying that again for the third or fourth time. But let's say that this does happen, because it's possible there are avenues for this. We all think that Wisconsin's going to be good for the most part, I'm not going to walk that back. Not all of us, but a lot of us think that Wisconsin's going to be good. If Wisconsin goes 11-1 and and loses to Ohio State, beats Iowa, Iowa will be 11-1, and and they won't go to Indy, which will be a death sentence for their rankings and for their win-loss record. Let's say that happens, they reach New Year's Six Bowl. What team, what team could Iowa line up against and play that style of football indoors and win? Not many teams. The Big Ten teams they won't have to face, they couldn't do it against Georgia. They couldn't do it against Alabama. They couldn't do it against any SEC team, in my mind. Maybe they could do it against Texas, because Texas, we still don't know what, who or what they are yet. And Texas' run game next year won't be the greatest. But I'd say Clemson. Orange Bowl, Iowa versus Clemson. Iowa will have a line of scrimmage advantage, at least with their defensive line versus Clemson's offensive line. Iowa's offensive line, if it plays phenomenally, might be able to match up with Clemson's D-line well. Bold prediction, I know. Iowa has a great running back, and their defense will be locked down. And outside of Will Shipley and Kate Klubnick, Clemson doesn't have good skill players. So if they win a New Year's Six Bowl, I'm saying this is possible, it will be against Clemson probably in the Orange Bowl, but again, I think this is near impossible. But it was a good laugh, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But it is possible, it's just extremely unlikely. So thank you for that bold prediction. That was the only bold prediction that Talo Tony commented. Sorry if I messed up that name again. Up next, from Aiden, Texas Tech will win the Big 12 conference. Texas Tech. He also had another prediction, which we already discussed, that said that Penn State makes the playoffs at 11-1. and We already discussed that with Brett Kay, and he had another prediction, which was so different, and I think so bold, from this one, that we're going to have to go over it on its own. But that'll be next up. Texas Tech winning the Big 12. Well, they got Tyler Show at quarterback. Gutsy, tough, played well at Oregon for a season before, I think, falling behind the depth chart or getting injured. And now he's with Joey McGuire and Texas Tech. And Texas Tech is an interesting football program, I would say. Texas Tech under Mike Leach had tremendous success. He got fired due to a controversy involving um, former ESPN announcer Craig James' son, got fired. Some, including Leach, would say it was wrongful termination. And they haven't had much success since that. They've had quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, for example, um, and others. There's probably there's another big name I feel like that I came from Texas Tech 
that I've forgotten about. But they had Cliff Kingsbury as head coach, Tommy Tuberville, um, others like Matt Wells, for example, all of whom have failed in their own spectacular way. And now there's Joey McGuire, guy who has networks throughout all of Texas high school, was with Matt Rule's staff on Baylor, and I think the direction of the program's good. I know that their defensive tackle room with Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford Jr. and their defensive end, Cole Miles, Isaac Smith, even after losing a phenomenal NFL player, I think that their D-line's going to be good. Defensively, this team should be solid all around. They got rusty stats from the transfer portal, a great offensive center. So this team should be the same probably better than last year. I just think the Big 12 is deep. And by deep, I don't mean like top 25 deep. I mean, there are probably five or six teams that could be in the received votes category of an a- of a correct AP poll top 25, all in the Big 12. And Texas Tech's right there. Let's look at Texas Tech's schedule. The Texas Tech Red Raiders, um, their schedule... They play Oregon in Week 2. That's going to be a very intriguing matchup. That's a game where I like Oregon, and I'm picking them to win. But if Texas Tech wants to jump out, they want to get some momentum. And if they're going to win the Big 12, they're going to beat Oregon because that's a home game. Oregon's defense, especially their secondary, is vulnerable. It's full of transfers. The time to catch them is going to be early. And Texas Tech, with Tyler Show at quarterback, and also a nice set of wide receivers with Miles Price, Jaron Bradley, and incoming transfer Dre, Dre McCray, they can catch them off guard. Also got senior Taj Brooks, who's a great, great running back. And this team, Texas Tech, at Wyoming, then hosting that big game with Oregon, Tarleton State, at West Virginia, Houston, on the road at Baylor, hosting Kansas State, at BYU, hosting TCU, a game which Texas Tech nearly won last year on the road, road game at Kansas, hosting UCF, and a road game at Texas to close out the season. This team could do what TCU did last year. I'm not even kidding you. They could do that, and they could win the Big 12. Because, again, the Big 12 is stacked, which is why I don't have them winning the Big 12. But that same conference also doesn't have a whole lot of top-tier teams on it. The only game that I have a very hard time picking Texas Tech to win would be the road game at Texas. That'll be a revenge game, a rivalry game. Texas Tech beat Texas last season in overtime when Quinn Ewers was hurt and Hudson Card was the starting quarterback. But 11-1, that would guarantee Texas Tech a spot in the Big 12 championship game, maybe even 10-2. Oregon's going to be the second best team on their schedule. And they catch them at home, and they catch Oregon early. So there is a way for Texas Tech to win the Big 12 conference. Guns up, baby, is what Aiden said. And while I am in disagreement with this, I would not say it's a hot take. I would say that the Texas Tech Red Raiders certainly have the potential to win the Big 12 and to do well. Another prediction which Aiden commented, and I think is a borderline hot take, Texas Tech winning the Big 12, I think, is just a bold prediction, but one that's reasonable and can be backed up with tons of evidence and thought. This next one, I think, is a hot take. And that's that the Ohio State Buckeyes will go 9-3 and 
in the regular season. Nine and three. Nine and three. I don't know what to tell you there in regards to that prediction. I think that the Ohio State Buckeyes are the second best team in the country. I think that they, at worst, are a top, I'd say top five, top six team. Nine and three, even though Ohio State has Notre Dame on the road, Wisconsin on the road, Michigan on the road, and then Penn State at home, Minnesota at home, Michigan State at home. I mean, you go through the list and you realize this team actually has a schedule that would be considered brutal if they weren't Ohio State playing this schedule. Even with that, the sheer talent advantage, the fact that Ryan Day has never lost to a team in the Big Ten not named Michigan, and the fact that Ohio State, from a team talent standpoint, is more talented than any team they're going to play unless they get into the playoffs and face either Georgia or Alabama. They have more raw talent than any team they're going to face. They are top 50 in returning production. They're in the top half of the Big Ten. They're seventh in returning production in the Big Ten. They bring back their guards, Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones. They're in all their running backs return, all of their wide receivers. Yes, Marvin Harrison Jr., who could be a Heisman candidate, definitely is an All-American and will certainly win the Bolitnikoff this year. And also Emeka Egbuka, who's also an All-American caliber wide receiver. Don't forget Julian Fleming, too, who I think would be a first-team All-Big Ten receiver if he can stay healthy and get involved more in the game. Defensively, Ohio State has guys like Michael Hall, Ty Hamilton, and Tyleek Williams at defensive tackle for a top-three defensive tackle room nationally. They have JT Tui-Moolau and Jack Sawyer at defensive end, Tommy Eichenberg at Steel Chambers at linebacker. Secondary, much like offensive tackle, is an area with some questions and valid questions. Bringing in Jihad Carter and Davison Igbenosin from the portal at safety and corner, and returning Lathan Ransom, who outside of that trip against Arian Smith in the Peach Bowl was one of Ohio State's better safeties. Him coming back, Ohio State has too much experience and too much talent, I think, to fail. This would be a failure of a season to go 9-3 and three with, according to the blue chip ratio, the second most talented roster in America would be a gross underutilization of talent. It would be disgusting. I don't think that this is happening. I think this is a hot take. Now, if you said 10-2 and two and lost to Penn State and Michigan, or lost to Wisconsin and Michigan, lost to Notre Dame and Wisconsin, but they get back at Michigan somehow and they beat Penn State at home, or maybe just a loss to Wisconsin, but they beat Michigan. Something. Like, I get 11-1 and one and I get 10-2. and two. There's... No way that Ohio State's floor is going 12-0. The only team whose floor is going 12-0, and I don't know if I'd go that far, is Georgia. They have a very easy schedule. And I still think that in the regular season, they could get tripped up by just one team. Just one team. But Ohio State plays a much tougher schedule. After all, they have Michigan, who in my power rankings and actual rankings is the best team in the country. Penn State is in the top 8 of my power rankings and actual rankings. Wisconsin is in the top 10 of both of those as well. And Notre Dame is in the top 20. Same with Minnesota. So they have a very 
tough schedule. So even though by the tough schedule standpoint and looking at it through the lens of strength of schedule, this might seem realistic. Remember that Ryan Day is 31, 31 and 2 in Big Ten play. And he's 30-0 in Big Ten play against teams not named Michigan. No team has, in my opinion, the schematic advantage and also roster advantage that Michigan does over Ohio State. Penn State has a roster advantage over Ohio State in terms of defensive end in comparison to OSU's offensive tackles and their pass defense helps, but Ohio State's guards will still push over Penn State's defensive tackles all day. And that run game, if healthy, will still burn the Nittany Lions. And it's a home game, for example. And that's just Penn State. Notre Dame, they don't have the talent. I think they have inferior or similar returning production. And they don't have the receivers as well. Especially with Ohio State returning so much defensively and upgrading at secondary. Jim Knowles' scheme will also be in year two. So you can expect that defense to be stiffer, to be more bend but don't break at a minimum, and at most be potentially the best defense in the country. They have so much talent that Ohio State does. The last time they lost three regular season games was 2011. And if you take that out because that was an interim year, players were suspended, it was chaos, you have to go back to 2004. Ryan Day, in my opinion, has taken Urban Meyer's program to new heights. The reason he struggled against Michigan is because Urban Meyer's teams thankfully never had to face 2022 Michigan, for example. 2022 Michigan would have mollywopped the 2016 Ohio State Buckeyes. They would have crushed 2017. They probably would have beaten Ohio State in 2018. Because whether we like to admit it or not, 2021 and 2022's Ohio State offense was better than that 2018 offense. Especially at wide receiver. And especially at quarterback. C.J. Stroud was better than Dwayne Haskins. So Ohio State struggles are more so due to some external factors and the fact that Michigan finally woke up. Penn State might finally wake up this year. I think they'll definitely wake up in 2024. I don't think Ohio State's falling, though. And I think that Ryan Day's a great coach. All in all, I just have a very hard time seeing Ohio State go anywhere below 10-2. and two. I think their floor is 11 and 2. They either go 11 and 1, lose their postseason game, or they go 10 and 2 and win their postseason game. I think that's the Buckeyes' floor. So, Aiden, I think that this is a hot take, but nonetheless, your Texas Tech bold prediction, I think, is solid. Penn State making the playoffs is another good one. This one, I think, is just going a bridge too far. But thank you, Aiden Reasons, for your bold predictions. Thank you very much. Next up, by Keto predictions. Tennessee finishes unranked. Another one of his predictions was similar. It was that UCLA would only win four games. Now, I really wanted to touch on the Tennessee one because, in my opinion, I know more about Tennessee than UCLA. And I think that this one is more realistic and more entertaining to talk about than UCLA going 4-8. If UCLA goes 4-8, they're, they're in trouble. Chip Kelly would probably be put on the hot seat, and entering Big Ten play would look daunting. Plus, I don't think it's going to happen. They have a good enough schedule. It's not the hardest Pac-12 schedule. They have enough easy, winnable games to go bowling. I think probably going bowling would be this team's floor. They've recruited well, albeit in small amounts, 
And, but especially they've used the transfer portal, getting Colin Schlee, getting Carson Steele, and many others. But that's UCLA. We're talking about Tennessee here. Joe Milton and the Tennessee Volunteers will finish 2023 unranked. Bold prediction, but not hot take. In fact, very far from it. Tennessee is one of these teams that has fallen in my power rankings. And I know I haven't released my power rankings, but that's because I'm trying to update them and get them to be as accurate as possible and get them to the point where I can have them predicting games and make it easier on me so I can have some programs in there to make my life easier instead of having to input every number and change every number whenever there's a change. So I'm working on it, but there will be a video discussing it in depth soon. Not going to set a date, but I know that in my updated Big Ten, updated SEC, and updated Top 25 predictions videos, I am going to have power rankings along with my actual rankings. I'm going to have power rankings, predictions for offenses and defenses, and what my power rankings say about that, along with each team's record prediction and roster analysis. So make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell if you want to get notified when I make videos about power rankings, top 25s, when I release that in-depth power ranking video, along with conference predictions, and especially zoning in on Big Ten football, but also touching on all areas of college football. Make sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell, and also like this video and comment your thoughts down below. For Tennessee, this will be brief, this will be short, it'll be sweet. I think that Joe Milton will have a redemption story. By redemption, I don't mean winning the Heisman. Even though statistically I think he might be invited to the ceremony, I don't think he will have that it factor or be a good enough player to actually win it. Against a team like Georgia and Alabama, with how bad I think Tennessee's offensive line will be, they lost their two best offensive linemen, the other three were mediocre, maybe above average, which means against Georgia and Alabama it will look bad. I have a hard time seeing him carry Tennessee on his back, but big guy, cannon of an arm with that wide receiver core, I'm going to tell you it's going to be pretty easy for Tennessee to rack off eight or nine wins in the regular season and potentially win their bowl game. And an eight and five, nine and four, 10 and three SEC team, at least nine and four, 10 and three is a top 25 team for sure. So this is a bold prediction. This is not a cold take, but it's not a hot take either because I think this one is very possible. And that's because their secondary wasn't good last year. They do lose some players on defense. Their entire wide receiver core, except for Drew, um, Brew McCoy, practically left. Their running backs, they return guys there. But again, the run game is often heavily related to the offensive line. And they have a new quarterback. So there is a lot that can go wrong. A lot that can go wrong for Tennessee. They play Virginia early. And even though Virginia should be one of the worst Power 5 programs for 2023, that could be a little early test. But a road game at Florida, South Carolina burned Tennessee last year. I mean, you look at every SEC game outside of maybe Vanderbilt. And Tennessee could lose any one of those games. Now, I don't think they could lose all their SEC games, but Missouri, A&M, South Carolina at Florida, games that I think are wins but could also be losses. Tennessee has to play those and at Kentucky, 
at Alabama. Kentucky's another kind of 50-50 game, but at Alabama and hosting Georgia, those are going to be tough games. So there's a way for Tennessee to go, let's say, 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and 8-4. and four. Maybe they lose their bowl game, and that causes them to finish unranked. There's a lot of possibilities in the sport of college football, and this is definitely in the middle ground of that. This is not a hot take. This isn't Ohio State going 9-3 and three or Penn State going 15-2 and two and winning it all, which those things, we've seen crazy things like that happen, so you're never going to hear me say it's totally impossible. I'll just say it's near impossible. This is not one of those. Tennessee can finish unranked in 2023. I don't think they will, but there is realism in this prediction here. And then finally, two Florida schools will finish ranked in the top 10. We know about Florida State and Mike Norvell, Jordan Travis, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, Trey Benson, uh, Jared Verse, Fentrell Cypress. We know Florida State's roster. We know it's the deepest in the ACC. I know that Clemson's technically more talented, but I think Florida State, the way they finished last year as opposed to Clemson, they're coming in with a lot more momentum. They're the best in the country in returning production, and they've used the portal well, whereas Clemson hasn't, and their recruiting is getting to the level of Clemson's. So Florida State, I can believe that. If you tell me one Florida school finished ranked in the top 10, I'd say that's a cold take. Cold take. I personally need to see Florida State probably win 12 games just because they're playing in the ACC. I probably need to see them win 12 games to rank them in the top 10 myself. I'm not a fan of the ACC. I think that their weak conference play makes them vulnerable, more vulnerable than other Power 5 conferences. I think that Clemson, maybe Florida State will join this tier if they win the ACC this year, and I think they will. Those are the only two programs from that conference that can do anything in the postseason in regards to facing off other competent Power 5 programs. Clemson, for example, last year went 8-0 in the S- not SEC, even though they might join that conference soon. They went 8-0, undefeated in the ACC. They went 2-2 in the non-conference. And if you include the bowl game, they went 2-3 in the non-conference. So that, well... Just being one anecdotal example, the evidence there isn't strong, but I look at Clemson, and I also look at the ACC and just how weak it is and how top-heavy it is, and I don't like them in terms of facing out-of-conference opponents, and I don't like them overall. I think that Clemson last year and you know Florida State in 2013 and for many other years in the Jimbo Fisher era and... Florida State, even under Mike Norvell last year, three-game losing stretch to Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson. Getting dominated by Clemson, the score only looked close because of garbage time. In the end, I think that the ACC is a is it's the weakest Power 5 conference. But we're not talking about my rankings. We're talking about the AP and coaches poll, and they are going to be more favorable and give more equal rankings because they view the power five conferences as equal despite the fact that they aren't the sec and the big 10 are much better the pac-12 is at least this year going to be close in quality of play to the sec and big 10 big 12 is a step below that and the sec is a step below not the sec the acc my bad second straight in a row the acc is a step below the big 12 
but I think that Florida State will be ranked probably in the top 10 of the final AP or coaches poll because I have them going 11-3, and three, winning the ACC. I think it's more likely that they go 12-2 and two and win the ACC, or maybe they go 11-2 and two in the regular season but win their bowl game instead of lose. I have them losing their New Year's Six Bowl. Then it is for them to go 10-3 and three again because they have so much returning, and there is a way that they go into Death Valley and win. There is a way they open up against LSU and win once again for the second year in a row against Brian Kelly and his Tigers. The other Florida schools, that's why I haven't been talking about them as much. I have a much harder time believing they will finish in the top 10. Florida, brutal schedule. They have, as I said to my friend, they have, they just don't have a good quarterback. And that's putting it in a kind way. Graham Mertz is not going to win you games. He will lose you games. Florida's defense is not good. They're not being ranked in the top 10 outside of short of a miracle. That would be a hot take for someone to tell me that Florida could finish ranked in the top 10. Miami, they play in the ACC. They face both Clemson and Florida State, but let's say they win every other game, go 10-0, which is possible. They have the talent to do so. And Mario Cristobal, as much as I don't think he is an elite coach, he is a good coach, maybe a great coach. So it's possible Miami could do so. UCF, there's something about UCF and Gus Malzahn, and they return John Rice Plumley at quarterback. There's something about that team where I just think Gus Malzahn at some point is going to shock the college football world. So I would almost label this as a hot take, but because I think Florida State is far more likely than not to finish in the top 10 in at least the AP and coaches poll, I think they're a top 15 but not top 10 team, but Nautic Justice is not making a prediction on my final rankings. He's making a final prediction on the AP, coaches poll, or perhaps college football playoff rankings. So that is, that'd be a cold take if it was just Florida State. Adding in the other schools bumps it up to, I think, a bold prediction. Some other predictions that Nautic Justice made were Colorado will finish the regular season with six wins or less, but defeat multiple ranked teams, which I think is a very bold prediction. Texas and Oklahoma will be the two top teams in the Big 12. I don't necess- I think that's a cold take, even though I think Oklahoma will once again just be... They, they'll be mediocre for Oklahoma standards. They'll, they'll improve, though. Oklahoma has the talent to be a top two team in the Big 12. And this one's a, this one's a hot take, I think, but not as much of a hot take as Penn State going 12-0. The Big Ten championship game will be Purdue versus Penn State. PVP is what he said. Those are some other predictions by Nodic Justice. Thank you guys very much for writing your bold predictions down in the comments section. I love going through these bold predictions and interacting with you all. So comment what you thought about this video down below. Give me some content ideas, please. I know that I've been asking for bold predictions in these videos, but I already have enough of them, and I want to include some more from part one in my next video about your bold predictions, along with some comments that you all made in part two. So give me some content ideas if you have any. Thank you guys for watching, and I'll see you all soon. Bye-bye.